Hey yo, welcome back to Reliving the War and welcome to the 10th of May 1999. Tonight we've got Raw's War coming from Orlando, Florida. TNT are showing the NBA playoffs so we have no episode of Monday Nitro this week. But if you want to get your WCW fix, make sure you check out the Slamboree video I uploaded last Sunday. I was actually going to cover Thunder today to make up for the lack of WCW action but Thunder didn't dare on the Superstation this week either. So yeah, it makes my life easier I guess. Something else that makes my life easier is seeing jam up guys like Patrick and Stefan right here, two Reliving the War fans all the way from Germany. Patrick on the left got introduced to Reliving the War by Stefan back in 2022. Patrick was in hospital when he started watching the series and Reliving the War got him through some tough times. So a big thanks to both you guys for sticking with me for so long and I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Reliving the War. So did the WWF take full advantage of this unopposed night? Let's find out. The opening match featured Billy Gunn I'm a nice man. taking on Kane. The Big Red Machine's trying to get a little revenge for his tag team partner seeing as he was unable to do so on Sunday Night Heat the night before. A dirty ring rod jumps at BA Billy Gunn before the opening bell and this gives Kane a chance to strike. Is Billy Gunn supposed to be some sort of heartthrob right now? I, yeah. Kane cares not for pretty boys as he strikes Billy in the corner and Mr. Ass then meets Mr. Boot in the middle of the ring. Gunn then tries to slip out of the ring completely unnoticed but Kane goes out and he drags Gunn back inside the ropes by the hair. You're not getting out that easy, BA. A reverse suplex brings Gunn back into the ring and Kane then goes on defense as the former degenerate lands a few low drop kicks. Billy's flurry doesn't last long at all though and within a matter of seconds Billy's getting sent out of the ring with a clothesline. A kick from Kane misses by a mile but Billy still sells it. Kane goes out to do some damage at the ring steps and our match comes to an end when Kane gets drop kicked off the apron and he gets his feet tied up in the middle and bottom ropes. With nowhere to go Kane gets decimated by Billy Gunn and this forces Road Dogg and X-Pac to come down to help the big man out. For some reason Road Dogg's not wearing any shoes but small details right? The outlaws end up fighting in the audience and while X-Pac tries to free Kane the tag champs get jumped by D'Lo and Mark Henry. That's right Big Mark's back and he's getting the upper hand before he and D'Lo face X-Pac and Kane at the over the edge pay per view. The number one contenders leave the ringside area before the champs can get their wits about him and Raw moves on to its next match. Old Chinese proverb says, a t-shirt is worth a thousand words. Hey pal, there's no Nitro on TV tonight, and that means everyone's watching WWF Raw is War, the way it fucking should be. This corporate ministry stuff's got me really stressed out though, seeing as my bastard son Shane thinks he's got giant grapefruits just like his old man. But trust me, I've seen Shane's balls, and they're nothing but tiny little marbles. Old Chinese proverb says, VKM rules the world, pal. Buy this shirt, look like a moron in public, and support wrestling bios. Thank you for your undivided attention. Monica Seles is in the crowd tonight and you want to look up her story when you get done here. I would talk about her a bit more here but it's not reliving the tennis wars now is it? Someone had a sign in the crowd that says Nicole Bass is my son and I'll admit this did make me laugh way more than it should have. 
The union are walking around backstage along with Vince McMahon and we also see the corporate ministry heading to what we assume to be the gorilla position. The union come out of the ring first though and we've got three guys in Riot Squad gear for extra protection I guess. Real tough guys don't need protection so it's not a great look is it? Vince says Shane turned his back on his own family but that's now all in the past. It's time for the corporate ministry to come down and get their backside smacked by the union in the most violent way possible. Shane comes out and he says the corporate ministry is now his family and Shane then promises to take control of the WWF and the union stable right this minute. Just as the corporate ministry are about to hit the ring, the lights go out and we can hear a familiar voice. According to the old weather report, the weather is much nicer in San Antonio than it is in Florida. Commissioner Michaels is back and he's coming live from San Antonio. Never has a commissioner had to do so little. Sean says he watched Shane book Raw last week and while Shane's decisions were okay, the old commish can do a lot better. So his first order of business is to add Vince McMahon as a special referee for the Over the Edge main event. The Undertaker vs Steve Austin will now have two referees and Shane won't be left alone to screw everything up. HBK then makes changes to tonight's matches. We're gonna have a lumberjack match between Bradshaw and Farouk with the Union serving as lumberjacks, a nightstick on a pole match between Test and the Big Boss Man. We're gonna see another Mean Street Posse vs Stooges match and this time the losers are gonna get fired. My god the posse better win that one. HBK books a Ken Shamrock vs China match for tonight but the fun doesn't stop there, oh no. The Big Show's got himself a match against Paul Bear and if anyone from the corporate ministry interferes then The Undertaker's gonna lose his title opportunity at Over the Edge. Wanna be honest, I'm cheering for Paul in that one. Viscera and Midian are gonna team up tonight to face Cactus Jack in a 2 on 1 hardcore match. Not Mankind, not Mick Foley, Cactus Jack returns tonight on Raw. And Sean also rebooks the Deborah vs Sable evening gown match but this time if Sable doesn't show up then Sean's gonna strip her of the only thing she still hasn't taken off and that's the women's championship. Finally Raw's gonna be headlined with a 6 man tag match. Triple H, The Undertaker and Shane McMahon vs Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock and Vince McMahon and that match is gonna have a special referee. Shane McMahon says HBK doesn't call the shots around here and he has no right to make all these announcements while in a different state and Sean says he knew Shane would react this way and that's why he brought along those boys in the riot gear. HBK tells the men to reveal themselves, we've got Pat Patterson, we've got Jerry Briscoe and the final masked man is none other than the heartbreak hit himself. Sean dances around the ring before confirming that he'll be the special referee for tonight's six man tag. And there you have it, another corporate ministry vs union Raw's war only this time we've got Sean Michaels calling the shots. Paul Bear did not want to step into the ring with the big show so HBK came out to give him a good boot up the hole. Sean joined the commentary team for this match and even though Paul pleads to show that he's not a wrestler, the big man really couldn't care less. Paul takes a big boot, he lays there motionless as show performs an elbow drop and show then asks Sean to forget about the Undertaker stipulation because the big man wants the Prince of Darkness to come out right now for a fight. Sean says it's fine so the Undertaker's music plays and out walks the phenom looking as evil and as menacing as ever. The rest of the corporate ministry end up hitting the ring though and show gets ambushed. So the union run down for the save and that's how it ended folks. Pretty pointless if you ask me and I'm already feeling those same vibes as last week. 
Up next is the rescheduled Sable vs Debra evening gown match and this one was quite controversial. Let's see what happened first of all and then I'll explain what apparently went down. So the competitors make their way down to the ring and Sable goes through her usual men who came to see me routine. Val Venus then walked down to the ring and Debra got distracted and this allowed Sable to rip Debra's clothes off and Sable wins the match. Venus then walks up the ramp when Nicole Bass goes after him but Venus should have watched his back because here comes Jeff Jarrett swinging his guitar. Now Michael Cole wants to interview Sable but Shawn Michaels decides to get in the ring and he also decides to change the fundamental rules of an evening gown match. He says everyone's already seen what Sable's got to offer while Deborah's, <coughs> Deborah's puppies are a bit more desirable. So HBK says Sable is not the winner of this match, Deborah's won the evening gown contest and Deborah is the new women's champion. It was reported that Sable refused to take off her evening gown and she didn't want to lose this match to Deborah, if you can even call it a match. So Sean got in there to completely switch the rules up and award Deborah the championship without Deborah actually winning the match. Look at Sable throughout this whole thing, she tries to snatch the mic away from Sean but HBK is having none of it and when Deborah's celebrating with the women's championship build, Sable decides to steal her spotlight by posing right next to her. Not the kind of reaction you'd expect from someone who just lost the championship. The relationship between Sable and the WWF had gotten quite murky, apparently she wanted more money, reportedly it was big main event money by the way, and Sable also didn't have many friends backstage. Her final appearance will be at the WWF No Mercy UK event where she once again refused to wrestle and Nicole Bass had to take her place and Sean Waltman admitted to leaving Sable one of his little gifts on the way out the door. There was a turd hidden in a, in a cup this time <laughs> and uh, somebody went on recon and found out the location of uh, the luggage and everything and um, finally I found it, I made the deposit and I and ran as fast as I could back to Gorilla. My music started playing. Boom, I walked through the curtain, went and had my match. And then uh, she carried it all the way back uh, and, and found it uh, when they got home in Jacksonville through customs and everything. So it got through customs. Yeah, international shit smuggler. We've got the big boss man versus test in a nightstick on a pole match. Jim Ross says the first man to grab the nightstick can use it any way he chooses, meaning he can stick it up his opponent's ass or even stick it up his own ass. The possibilities are endless. Bossman takes a clothesline after bouncing off the middle rope and Tess goes for the weapon. For some reason Bossman decides to expose Tess's rear end so I'm guessing that nightstick is going to get used in a more unconventional manner. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Tess gets clotheslined, Bossman goes for the nightstick but he's quickly stopped in his tracks. Tess does not expose Bossman's backside though, much to the dismay of fans in attendance. It looks like Big Bubba's having a lot of fun bouncing on that middle rope but the fun and games stop when Tess once again tries to grab the weapon. Bossman performs a low blow and Tess gets choked out while hung up in the tree of woe but the big man eventually replies with a big old suplex. On the outside, Bossman uses the ring post to cave Tess skull in and we get some good old fashioned chin abuse back inside the ropes. Bossman goes for the weapon once again but he takes an electric chair drop for his efforts and finally Tess is able to grab the nightstick but the Bossman was one step ahead. Big Bubba had a super secret retractable nightstick hidden away and he's able to stun Tess with a shot to the midsection. Tess drops the nightstick before trying a sunset flip but Bossman picks the weapon up and Tess gets whacked. 
The big boss man wins on Raw's war via pinfall and the match was alright, nothing special. Val Venus gets interviewed backstage and he gets quite fired up while addressing Jeff Jarrett. Val says Deborah wants the big Val Boski and Jarrett knows it too. Double J's taking out his frustrations on Venus, so tonight Val wants a match against Jarrett and he says the guitar shot will never measure up to the money shot. Midian and Viscera brought along some conventional weapons for their 2-on-1 hardcore match against Cactus Jack, whilst Jack decided to bring a few basketballs he found backstage. He totally missed Midian on the second shot right here, but I still appreciate the effort. Cactus takes care of both of his opponents at the ring steps before he comes rolling in at Midian like a bad LSD trip. Big Vis makes Jack pay with a belly-to-belly -belly suplex on the outside, and back in the ring the corporate ministry work together to smash a chair in Foley's face. Tandem elbows from Vis and Midian isn't quite Rock and Roll Express levels of teamwork but again I appreciate the effort, and things begin looking pretty bleak for Jack as he takes a chair shot across the back and another right to the face. The second chair shot looked pretty nasty. Mick gets choked out at the ropes and just when you think it's all over, Foley comes back with a double DDT. The corporate ministry mid-carters then take a few trash can shots, but Mick takes another chair shot across the back just before the end of the match. Mick and Viscera end up on the apron and Cactus hits a low blow. Midian then drops the chair and Cactus is able to pull off his signature dive from the apron onto Big Vis, and this leads to Cactus Jack winning this 2-on-1 match via pinfall. Mick Foley continues beating up Viscera after the bell and as Cactus heads back up the ramp, Bruce Pritchard dashes out to collect those basketballs from earlier on. He's acting like his life depends on his ability to grab those balls. Speaking of grabbing balls, China tells Michael Cole he better watch his mouth if he keeps asking stupid questions. China says every 28 days she, uh, she gets a bit moody, and yesterday was day 27. China sends a message to Ken Shamrock saying the balls are in her court and tonight she might just rip them off and step on them. I'm sure Bruce Pritchard will run down the ringside to pick them up though, so it's all good. Up next, it's Acolyte vs Acolyte, Farouk vs Bradshaw. This is even worse than when the Megapars broke up in 1989. The competitors get in the ring and here comes the Union to serve as lumberjacks for this match. Farouk says, and I quote, That punk ass Shawn Michaels thinks he can make the Acolytes fight each other but it's not gonna happen. And besides, everyone knows who the winner would be. <laughs> Bradshaw doesn't take to this too kindly, he says he's proven he can outdrink Farouk over the past 6 months and he'll prove he can outfight his partner if necessary right here on Raw. The drink comment gets a pop, but it kinda screws up the whole thing about the ministry only living to serve the higher power, doesn't it? It sounds to me like all the ministry does is drink cheap bottles of liquor and take acid every Monday night. Farouk says I'll be damned, and Bradshaw says don't make me kick your ass now, you hear? Just when we think the acolytes have made peace, they both have the same idea and they punch each other in the face. And it's our boy Farouk who gets the first big move in with a spear followed by a few mounted punches. Mick Foley was late to the party, he had to get his mankind gear on and so he walks down to the ring just as Bradshaw takes a spinebuster. Bradshaw then gets thrown out of the ring and the union go to work, <laughs> yeah go to work. And when the match resumes, Bradshaw comes back with a big old clothesline and now it's time for Farouk to take some punishment on the outside. When the two get back in the ring, Bradshaw delivers a powerbomb before going to the top rope, and check it out, Bradshaw gets grabbed in mid-air and Farouk hits a power slam. Our match comes to an end when the acolytes start wailing on each other and the corporate ministry come down to break things up. Midian and Viscera catch a few right hands before things settle down, so I'm guessing that's the match over. Absolutely terrible ending right here. 
The corporate ministry get out of the ring as the union look to attack, but poor Viscera wasn't quick enough and the big man gets wrecked. Again, it's a terrible match ending. If you're going to book matches that genuinely create intrigue, then at least have an interesting finish. I really couldn't care less about run-ins and brawls featuring the union and the corporate ministry underlings. The Mean Street Posse vs Briscoe and Patterson, Round 2 The Stooges talk about all the guys they have beaten as they make their way to Gorilla. Patterson says he's beaten Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkle, and Jerry Briscoe says he's beaten Ric Flair while looking directly at the camera. The shots continue as the Stooges make their entrance while Hulk Hogan's real American theme plays in the arena. And while all this is very amusing, Patterson and Briscoe gotta remember that they're facing the Mean Street Posse tonight, the most dangerous tag team in the whole universe. The action begins on the outside and do remember the losers of this match must leave WWF. Briscoe gets singled out and Jerry fires up a little. He performs a fireman's carry takeover on Rodney but Big Pete Gas puts an end to Briscoe's flurry with a body slam. Jerry Lawler sings Real American as Briscoe takes a double clothesline. And just when Briscoe was about to get whipped with Pete's belt, Patterson runs in and he uses his helmet as a weapon. Not the first time Patterson's used his helmet as a weapon, okay sorry. I think Rodney was supposed to get straddled on the top rope right here but he instead fell out of the ring. In Luke, Briscoe applies a figure 4 as Patterson applies a Boston Crab. The Stooges rise to the occasion and the Main Street Posse submit and that means Rodney and Pete Gass are done. Absolute legends, the Main Street Posse must leave WWF and Patterson celebrates by mimicking Hulk Hogan. Jim Ross laughs while saying, he's single fellas, unreal. Backstage, Ken Shamrock says he's never been in a situation like this before and while he appreciates what Shawn Michaels is trying to do, Kenny Boy isn't too thrilled about fighting a woman. Ken's old school, where he comes from, you never lay your hands on a female, so Shamrock really doesn't know what to do in his match later on tonight. The Double J vs Val Venus match takes place next. Jared says it looks like Mr Venus is a little pissed off but Double J was born pissed off. No you weren't mate, you were born a country singer who thought he could overcome Steve Blackman and you failed miserably. Venus dashes down to the ring and we have a fight on the outside to start us off. No dirty innuendo filled pre-match promo this week guys. Jarrett gets dropped on the ring steps and he takes a shot at the barricade and when Double J tries to fight back he ends up taking a clothesline. Val Venus seems really angry tonight, poor guy. Jared successfully counters a pile driver attempt with the backdrop and the crowd chant we want puppies as the two men head into the ring. Double J jumps off the top rope only to take an inverted atomic drop and this gets followed up with a part slam from Val Venus. Jared can't get started at all here as Venus ducks a clothesline and Double J takes a fisherman suplex but Jeff is able to hit a DDT and again Venus sells the move perfectly. Jared then builds a little momentum with a leapfrog body guillotine followed by a hard Irish whip into the corner. The single arm DDT only gets Jared a two count so he goes upstairs for a crossbody but unfortunately this still doesn't score Double J a win. The match ends with Venus going on offense and it looks like Jared's done for. We see Venus's signature running knee strikes and Russian leg sweep. Deborah then gets on the apron as Val goes up for the money shot and that dirty horn dog Val Venus just can't help himself. 
He gets down from the top rope and he goes over to visit the puppies, but this was all planned out in advance by Deborah and Jarrett. Deborah hands Double J the women's championship belt before slapping Venus across the face. Venus then gets leveled by Jarrett. Double J keeps the big Valboski down for the 1 2 3. And there you go, a win for Jeff Jarrett on Raw, and once again, his tag team partner Owen Hart is nowhere to be seen. Beaver Cleavage fell over while playing on the swings, and his mum says you can't have a split beaver, ha ha ha. While getting his little cut fixed up, Beaver says when it comes to working on your knees, his mum's an expert. And seriously, was anyone actually looking forward to this character debuting in the ring? Back in the arena, China comes out for a match against Ken Shamrock and Hunter now has his higher brain pattern theme music, an early instrumental version of my time that's still an excellent piece of music that suits Hunter way more than his previous theme. Ken Shamrock comes out and he says straight up he doesn't want to fight China. He doesn't want to fight a woman and seeing as Triple H just about qualifies as a dude, Ken says he'll fight Hunter instead. China's having none of it though and she shoves Kenny Boy before giving him a slop. I must have watched this back about 10 times, brilliant stuff. Ken snaps and he grabs China by the neck, this prompts Triple H to attack Shamrock but Hunter goes down after a right hand and China takes a belly to belly suplex from the world's most dangerous man. Shamrock decides to walk away, he's not going to apply an ankle lock and he has no interest in winning the match, so he marches back up the rampway while China and Hunter lick their wounds. Kinda pointless but totally worth it just to see Ken's reaction to getting slopped. Main event time, The Rock, Stone Cold and Vince McMahon vs Triple H, The Undertaker and Shane McMahon. We've got Commissioner Michael serving as our special referee and those are some shorts old HBK's rocking aren't they? Short 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 shorts. The corporate ministry make their entrance first and Vince McMahon makes the mistake of coming to the ringside area without any backup. Just as The Rock's music plays, Vince gets thrown into the ring and The Undertaker chokeslams the chairman. Triple H keeps Rock away from the ring and just in case you're wondering, The Rock's got a kayfabe broken arm. I know, why would anyone be allowed to wrestle with a broken arm? But Rock confirmed on Sunday Night Heat that he's still going to face Triple H at Over the Edge. Vince gets Tombstone before getting sent out of the ring for more punishment, but The Rock then dashes down and the Boy Wonder gets clocked with Rock's arm cast. The glass shatters and the crowd lose their collective mind. Stone Cold Steve Austin makes his entrance and he begins fighting with The Undertaker on the rampway. There's no control in this match at all, but the crowd love it nonetheless. Over at ringside, Rock throws Triple H into the ring steps and all four guys begin brawling at the barriers and around the ring. The McMahons are still let out on the floor as Taker, Hunter, Austin and Rock finally get inside the ropes. It looks like no tags are necessary as Austin goes for a stunner but Undertaker shoves him into Triple H. And when Hunter goes for a pedigree, Austin counters with a catapult. As Austin gets knocked out of the ring, Triple H takes a rock bottom, a rock bottom that the cameras totally miss. Taker then goes to chokeslam Rocky but Austin pulls the dead man out of the ring and this gives Shane and Vince a chance to get inside the ropes for the match finish. Shane hits a few elbow drops on his dad and all he needs to do is cover him for the win but Stone Cold gets back in the ring and Shane ends up taking a stunner. Vince covers Shane, Austin pulls Vince away, Shane takes another stunner and it's clear that Austin wants to pin Shane himself. The babyface team wins on Raw's war and the crowd gets sent home happy. HBK has a beer with Austin as Raw fades to black and that's another episode of Raw's war in the books.
Not a bad episode of Raw, but it did feel very similar to last week's show. The corporate ministry versus union storyline is completely taken over the WWF, and while this is fine in the short term, it really can't last forever. Other talent needs to be showcased in order to stay relevant, you know? Yeah, this episode did feel a lot like last week's show, but I still had a good time watching it. Being free from the clutches of Monday Nitro sure is a nice feeling, but don't worry, I'll have a regular Raw vs Nitro episode ready for you next Thursday. Or if you don't want to wait, you can watch the next episode early on Patreon while also supporting me, the Reliving the War series and the entire Wrestling Bios channel. Thank you so much for watching guys, I do appreciate it, and I hope you come back next week for more Reliving the War. Take care everyone.